Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking around. I'm so glad that you stuck around here. I just want to ask for another 20 minutes of your time because I know it's going to change your life. I want to ask you to stick around. There is an amazing message I have for you. And the series that I'm starting this week is called Conquest. You know, a lot of people ask me, Pastor, this is, this is a very depressing time. This is a very disappointing time. A lot of people are going through struggles. Why don't you preach something of comfort, of great, of great comfort to people? Just to comfort them. I understand that. I understand that very much. I understand a lot of people are going through a lot of struggle. Hey, you know, I go through a lot of stuff, a lot of decisions I have to make as a pastor to, to run the operation of, of this church, you know, an empty building, you know, and there's a lot of decisions to be made. I know that we all are struggling or have to make tough decisions one way or another. But I heard a preacher say one time, he said, faith is not denying the facts and the reality. Faith is not that we're denying the bad situation that we have, the sickness that we have, the financial struggle that we have. But faith is to not give voices to those troubles. In other words, don't give voices to the depressing situation we're in. Don't give voices to the depressing financial situation we're in. Don't give voices to the environment, the COVID-19 lockdown environment we're in. Don't give voices to any of that, but really to be committed to give more voices to the Word of God because the Word of God is going to encourage you. The Word of God is going to lift you up. I truly believe that this is the a season of great transformation. This is a season that you can take advantage to advance yourself in the kingdom of God. And that's why I want to preach about faith. That's why I want to preach about conquest. That's why I want to preach about conquering because you are more than conquerors. God had raised you up to be more than conquerors. It is easy to conquer when everybody is conquering, but it is harder when everybody is running for the hills and that you and I can conquer. You know why? Because you have the faith in Christ Jesus. You have the grace in Christ Jesus. You have the mercy of God and you have God on your side, the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that enables you and give you all the tools that you need to advance in Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you today for the next few minutes that I'm going to preach about conquest as I start the series of conquests. I just want you to make sure you come back every single week to, be, to learn new things and to be encouraged, to be charged, to be lifted up in Jesus' name. So would you do that for us today? Today, just, would you just open up your heart, heart and open up your eyes and just ask the Lord to minister to you even as I speak to you in the Word of God. So let's say a word of prayer and then we're going to get started. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we can be here today to listen to your Word. I pray that for the next 15, 20 minutes, every single one of us will be able to come forward and come out of this season, become great conquerors. I ask for open minds and open hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you a story of a gentleman that most people never heard of. A warrior, a ruler that nobody, hardly any Christians have heard of. His name is Othniel. You heard it right. O-T-H-N-I-E-L. Othniel has never been preached. I've never heard anybody preach about that. And probably most people don't know this character exists. But Othniel, do you realize, is one of the greatest rulers in the history of Israel. That's it. You see, this is from the Bible. Yes, I'm going to read you from the Word of God. And I want to teach you about how to have conquest like 
Othniel did. How he came from obscurity to become the ruler in Israel in the time of the judges. So let me just backtrack a little bit to tell you who this Othniel is. See, Othniel is actually the son-in-law of um, Caleb. And actually, before he became the son-in-law of Caleb, he was actually a nephew of Caleb. That is Caleb's brother's son. Othniel was Caleb's brother's son. Now, some of you don't know who Caleb is. Let me just kind of remind you who he is. Now, Caleb, of course, is one of the two spies that had come back from spying the land earlier on when the people of Israel just came out of Egypt and they were about to possess the land. And so Moses sent spies into the promised land to spy it out and see what they can do, how they can conquer, if God is true to his words. And when, when all the spies came back, Every single one of them except Caleb and Joshua say, we can't do it. And the reason they say they can't do it is not because God did not, did not fulfill his promise. The reason they say they, not, they could not do it is not because, you know, the land was not flowing with milk and honey, was full of abundance. In fact, they brought back all some of the produce. It was so fat, so juicy, so amazing that they had to actually have a, a people carrying the produce on a pole just to bring it back to show them how abundant that place was. It's not because of that. You know what it is? It's because they saw the people people that were inhabiting the land that they were going to dispose of, the people that they're going to displace. They saw those people and their heart fainted. You know why? Because those, they say, were like giants. Now, here, therein lies another lesson of faith that wasn't even part of this preaching, is that, you know, for Caleb and Joshua, who is the only two that say, even though we see the situation is really not going to be in our advantage to see the promises of God, we're going to believe the Word of God, the promises of God, more than what we see with our eyes, more than how we feel with our emotion. Because everybody in the camp, they were scared. After hearing all the ten spies saying, no, it's not going to happen. This is awful. This is terrible. We can't, we can't make it. The entire camp, the Bible says, believe these ten spies. And only two Two out of the entire generation believe in the Word of God. There lies another lesson on faith is that every time when you want to take a stand in faith, guess what? You may be the only one who take a stand of faith in your sphere of influence. And many of you Christians know that. You've experienced that. You've seen that. It's that when you give your heart to the Lord, you got persecuted by your by your family because you, 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 you are, you're being accused of betraying your culture, betraying your tradition, but yet you took a stand and yet you feel like you are alone by yourself. My friends, you are not the first one, nor you, will you be the last ones who will be champions and great generals in faith if you feel that you're the only one standing. Because I want to tell you this, as sure as the sun rises, God is going to raise you up. He's going to cause you to do great things like he did with Caleb and Joshua and even after that, the generations after. So I want to encourage you. So here, two of them out of their entire generation say, no, 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 we can't do it. But two of them says, yes, we can. Yes, I don't care how we, what we see, how we feel, how the situation is. I want to believe in the Word of God more than I want to believe in what I see and how I feel. So today, I want to preach to you. I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you is that, yeah, the COVID-19 thing is very real. Yes, a lot of people have died. Hundreds of thousands. Thousands of people had perished. And even in the United States, there's a lot of people that died. In this province, a lot of people have died. But in 
spite of that, in spite of the fear, the chaos, or, or you know, the lack of ability to move around because of lockdown, I want you to rise up in your faith. Don't allow what you see and how you feel to govern you, but focus on the Word of God and the promises of God because as He, as, as he has shown faithfulness to Caleb and Joshua, He will show faithfulness to you if you hang on to His Word, believing in His Word, and trust in His words. Anyways, back to the story. So Caleb and Joshua were the two that, <coughs> that were given the promise to go into the promised land for, uh, out of the entire generation. And so here they were, when they were in their 80s, they were going into the promise, promised land to, to, to defeat the enemies, to, to possess the land and dispose all the inhabitants of the land. And that time, Caleb and Joshua, they were in the 80s. And then Caleb reminded Joshua when they got into the promised land is that, Joshua, you have to remember what the Lord promised me. He promised me this, and that the commandment of the Lord is that I would be able to get, I would be able to possess the, the area called Hebron, or Hebron. I don't know how you pronounce it, Hebron. And uh, so Joshua uh, listened to Caleb and listened to the commandments of God. And so Joshua basically said, okay, Caleb, you can have Hebron. And uh, before I get to Joshua, you know, I just also want to mention somebody other than um, uh, Caleb and Joshua about believing what God says and believing the greatness of God more than what they see. That would be King David. Do you remember King David? King David absolutely believed in the voices of God and the promises of God and the Word of God and watch this, the name of God more so than what he saw with his own two eyes. Do you remember when he was fighting with Goliath? Every single individual soldiers at the time that worked for Saul, they were all shaking, hiding in the bushes, hiding and afraid of the, Palest the, the Philistines, you know. And, and they, were, they were afraid the Philistines were challenging them. And they have these massive giants, you know, just challenging the people. And they all were scared. But David, he saw the same thing. He saw these massive giants. What's the difference between David and the rest? How is it that he could go out there and using some stones and slingshots to destroy the enemy. You know why? If you pay attention to what David said when he come against Goliath, is that how he would say to Goliath, how dare you insult the name of our Lord and how dare you insult the army of the Lord. He absolutely believed that he was called and his people were called and that they were chosen. Do you believe that as much? Or that when you look at circumstances and giants like Goliath, you retrieve, you, you, you shrink back and you basically cater to the enemy's attack or whatever the enemy has. Uh, whatever illusion the enemy has sent you away. I want to encourage you to be like David, like Caleb, like Joshua, is that in spite of what you see, believe first the word and the promise of God. Believe first that God, but believe second that the name of God is much higher, much more powerful than any other name, whatever they are. In other words, whether it's sickness, COVID-19, or whatever name there is, God's name is higher than all those names. And that you will not tolerate that the enemy would despise the name of God. And number three is to really absolutely 
absolutely trust that God loves you as David trusted God loved him and that God had chosen him and so did Caleb and Joshua. They thought the same way. They are the chosen one. They are special. You are the chosen one. You're the special one. So I want to encourage you in Jesus' name today, rise up because you're not just ordinary. God has called you to be extraordinary. But anyways, let me, let me move back to my, to my stories here. Uh, let's uh, take up the stories of, jo- uh, of uh, Othniel, the story of Othniel from Joshua chapter 15, verse 13 to 17. This is the first time Othniel's name was mentioned in the Bible. Uh, verse 13, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the people of Judah. Kiria uh, uh, Arba, that is Hebron or Hebron, Abba was the father of the Anak, the big giants, right? Verse 14, And Caleb drove out from these, from there the three sons of Anak, which are giants too, uh, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai. I, I hope I, I'm pronouncing those names correctly. The descendants of Anak. So in other words, Caleb, 80 years old now, he was able to lead his people, his clan, to go and defeat these giants. 80 years old. And then after defeated all the towns that didn't defeat, now they come to the last town. At the time, Caleb was older already, and he went up from there against the inhabitants of the beer. Now the name of the beer uh, formerly was Korea Sefer. I hope I pronounced it correctly, but if, if I didn't, that's okay. And uh, verse 16, Caleb said, whoever strikes this place called Korea Sefer and captures it, to him, I will give uh, uh, Asha, my daughter, as wife. So, so basically, Caleb come to the last place. He basically said, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to see who is going to do it, who is going to be the rise up, because I'm 80 somewhat years old now. I've done all the conquering I need to conquer. I'm looking for the next generation. I believe there is a call for the next generation right now. Do you know that everything is shifting? Everything is changing? Do you know that some of the older one is going to move on? But God is waiting for a new generation to rise up. And as, as Caleb is waiting for the new generation, I am challenging the new generation. If you're in your teenage years, even if you're younger, will you be the one that will rise up for the next season? Would you be the one that will rise up to take advantage? Would you be the one to rise up that will lead the people of God? Who is there? Who is there that is brave enough to rise up? Or is it that we still have people that don't want to rise up? Nobody wants to rise up. But in this story, there's one man stood up. He is a young man. He's been to war and battle with Caleb. And his name was Othniel. And he rose up. And Othniel, young man, rose up and said, I can take this place. Now, this place is not massive. It's not like huge. But it still requires skills, experience, and bravery and faith to take on these giants, to take on the beer. And so here he was, you know, saying, so he, the Bible says, uh, the, verse 17, Othniel, the son of Canaan, the brother of Caleb, captured it. So he was able to be successful. He rose up and said, I'm going to do it. And he did it. And then he became the son-in-law from being a nephew to become the son-in-law of Caleb. Now, I want you to skip to Judges. Uh, Turn with me to Judges chapter 3, verse 7. We're going to pick up the story of Othniel. So by the time Judges 
chapter 3, verse 7 to 11, the Israelites, at least, at least the people of Caleb, the clan of Caleb, had already settled down. Okay? And, um, and, and, and around that time, the people of Israel, they would be going back and forth between worshiping God and worshiping Baals. Worshiping God and worshiping Baal. Every time they worship Baal, they worship the idols of the local people, um, God will, will just, they would, they would do, they would just be walking out of the protection of God and, and then people will attack them and so forth. And then every time when people attack them, they cry out to the Lord and God will send a deliverer, a judge, some warriors to take care of them, to deliver them out of the oppression of the enemy. And this is one of those incidents. Let me pause here and talk about the grace of God being manifested even in the Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, I just said that the people of Israel, from the time they walk into the promised land to the time they were exiled, just hundreds of years, they have this really incredible pattern. They will worship God, and then once in a while, they will default back to worship the, 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 the idols of the people of the land, Baals, you know. And God really hated them to do that because the people who worship Baals, uh, worship uh, 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 um, uh, Baals and all the local gods, they are very cruel to their family. They sacrifice their own children just to please their God. And God needed to destroy them. The Word of God says that the, the evil was so bad in worshiping Baal that the land itself Spill them out. Spill the local inhabitants out. It's not just God is promising the people of Israel to take possession of the land. But while they're taking possession of the land, the land was also spewing out those people who was worshiping Baal and all the other gods. And so, um, uh, uh, but Israel, when they got in, you know, they didn't listen to God. They, uh, they, they, they didn't destroy the, uh, uh, the inhabitants and all the culture within. And so they allowed something to stay that something that allowed to stay became a snare to them. And every time when they forgot about, the, about God, they would turn back to Baal. And when they turned back to Baal, and they would get into trouble and get out of the protection of God and eventually get oppressed and depressed by people. I want to encourage you this morning. Is, that, is there anything in your life that you have not fully get rid of? Yes, the grace of God is rich. Like the people of Israel, when you call on Him, He always comes to you. His grace is rich, but make no mistakes. Every action we take, there's always consequences we have to bear. Not the sin. God will forgive your sin. In His book, you're righteous, but the consequences you'll bear. So what God wanted the Israel, people of Israel to do is to get rid of all the snares, get rid of all the possibility of them falling back. And so, but they didn't, and so they keep falling back to that Baal to the Asheroth. And so they keep falling back to worshiping idols. The same thing as a lot of believers is that when they came to the Lord, you know, God, 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 God would want, had cleansed them and removed all the condemnation, guilt, and all the sin in their lives. And yet they, they would keep something in their heart and not letting go. And that something becomes a snare. I want to encourage you today. Yes, God is going to forgive you even if you fall back. But I tell you, you would have wasted a lot of your time. Ask some of the older people. They'll tell you they wish they made a different decision. Why? Because they know that many of the decisions they made, they made in error, and they had to suffer the consequences and wasted a lot of times. If they would have just hearkened unto the voice of God, they would, if they would have just kept in His way, oh, there would have been so much more ahead. But no worries. Even if you made mistakes, like I say, God's grace is greater than your mistakes, and your calling has not been diminished. It's just now you've wasted some time, you know? But anyway, so, so the, that's the story of the people. And this is one of those times that the people of Israel did is that they went back to worship the local people's idols, the people that they dispossessed. 
uh, the idols of the people that they dispossessed. They went and worshipped them, you know. Verse 7 of Joshua chapter 3. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God, and they served Baals and the Asheroth. Okay, and therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he sold them into the hand of, this is the one name that is very difficult to pronounce. It's called Kushan uh, Rishathayim. Kushan Rishathayim. I think that's how you pronounce it. King of Mesopotamia. In fact, the word Kushan Rishathayim actually means double wickedness. Now, um, uh, of course, this king would never give himself that name called double wickedness. I mean, what insane people will call themselves, hey, I want to call myself double wickedness, you know. But this is a name that's given by the people of Israel. This name, actually, you can't really find it in any historical writing um, of the king of Mesopotamia, I don't believe. And, I, I, and, and, and this is the name that the Jewish people had given to that king because just to indicate how evil he was. But anyways, this king of Mesopotamia, the people of Israel served under this king for eight years. Verse 9, when the people of Israel cry out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who, who saved them. Now watch this. That's the name of Othniel again. Othniel, the son of Canaan, Caleb's younger brother, that, is, that would be uh, Caleb's nephew now, the spirit of the Lord was upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord gave this king of Mesopotamia into his hand and in his hand, in, in the hand of Othniel, uh, he, he prevailed over the king. In verse 11, so the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Canaan, died. Now, this is the key of conquest. Every single time when God want to give you major conquests, he will first let you the opportunity for small conquests to practice. Here in, in the book of, um, in the book of uh, Joshua, we learn that Othniel now become the ruler of the entire nation, not just a little part of a land or a little town, a little village or a little city of the city of Hebron and therefore the, the city of, uh, the, city of uh, uh, the, the land that's allotted to Judah. Not only he was, he was, he was ruling the small places, but because of his, of his great, um, uh, 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 great success in conquering the small land and when opportunity came, God promoted him to become the ruler of the entire nation. The point is this. Do you know that God has major conquests for you? Do you know that there are major conquests coming your way? Why? Because God wants you to become victorious in major uh, conquests and that he wants to promote you to the place where you never imagined. But he cannot promote you if you have not been able to practice conquering and winning in small battles. It, uh, it is the small battles that position you for major battles because everything that God had promised you, he wants you to win it. You know, the people of Israel, you know, they have been promised the land, but they, they just didn't just walk into the land. They had to 
show up for the battle. Yes, the Bible said God helped them to overcome and God caused them to become victorious, but they still need to show up. Many believers do not want to show up for the small battles. Small battles like having discipline in different areas, having discipline in, 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 uh, in prayer, in, in, in reading the Word of God, in giving. They can't handle even the small battles, and yet they're thinking to themselves, Lord, you know, when I become really, really this, I will do this. When I become this, I'll do this. Well, prove that to the Lord and to yourself first in the small battles. Have you engaged in the small battles in this season? Many people believe COVID-19 is just a prelude of a next wave. If you've been listening to my weekly uh, 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 weeknight broadcast, we had a prophet um, uh, called um, uh, Joseph Z. He was sharing with us what the Lord has been telling him is that he said this COVID-19 is just a prelude to a major wave that is coming. Are you ready for that? A lot of people say, oh, pastor, don't say that. You're, gonna, you're saying bad things. No, no, no. I'm just telling you that a major victory is coming for you. But you cannot win the major victory if you are not winning the small things. So I want to encourage you to consider this. There are major battles for you to win. But now, in this time, in this season, I want to encourage you to go ahead and engage in the small battles and win in the small battles because I want you to know that God has a Goliath for you to conquer, but not just a Goliath. He got something bigger for you than Goliath to conquer. You know, let's go back to the, to the, to the story of David. I'm just jumping back and forth. You know, I use David as an example. You know, David, before he, he beat Goliath, do you know what he did? He had, to, he, he, he had many other smaller battles that he was engaged in, killing the lions, killing the bear, and killing anything that would threaten the, his father's little, little flock, the few sheep that he had, you know, the, the Bible tells just a little few sheep but David was very serious in spite of the little few sheep a lot of people go oh just, a, just two three sheep I'm just going to run away from, from, from those lines but David was really serious even in small battles to protect the little things that he had to be faithful in the little thing that he had and so what he did is he, he would kill a bear just to protect a few sheep you say pastor how do you know if it's few sheep maybe it's a lot of sheep don't you remember that when he went to the battle to bring lunch to his brother you know his brother kind of mocked him and said why don't you just go home and take care of those little few sheep that we have. That's how we know there's a little few sheep that they had. But even with the little few sheep they had, he risked his life to overcome the lions, the bear, and whatever else. They want to come and hurt this little few sheep. Friends, I want to tell you this. Because he was faithful, he was willing to engage even in small things that people would despise. Guess what happened? God gave him a major opportunity. And so he was able to now face Goliath. And when he faced Goliath, he was victorious. He was able to conquer. He was able to become champions. He slayed Goliath. And guess what happened after he slayed Goliath? Do you think that that's what happened? That's, that's the, 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 the end of the story? No. Because David went on to continue to fought, fight bigger and bigger battles. Even after he became king, he fought huge battles and take down huge empires. And so that the, 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 the nation of Israel become the most powerful forces in that region at the time. And so I just want you to know that every battle is an opportunity for you to engage, to get into victory so that you can go to the next level for bigger battles. And so Othniel, it's the same thing. Othniel had a small battle. Nobody volunteered. When Caleb said, hey, who can capture this? Everybody's like, uh, don't know. But Othniel, 
he stood up. He said, I'm going to engage. I'm going to engage in this small battle. Yes, he's got this beautiful girl. I'm sure she was beautiful. You know, uh, uh, Caleb's daughter as his wife. And therefore, he became the son-in-law. That was a small battle compared to what he had to do. Is to, to defeat the Mesopotamian king that was oppressing the entire nation of Israel. And because he was able to be victorious in a small battle, God gave him favor. The word of God, the spirit of God came upon him. And he would be able to defeat the, one of the biggest enemies of Israel and became the ruler. The Bible says judge. Judge means he's a ruler of the entire nation of Israel. That's massive. That's big. And I know many of you have great dreams. I know many of you have great aspirations. But you know, don't engage in great dreams and aspirations just yet. Start with the small battles that you have now. Engage and have victory, friends, I know that God is going to prepare you and set you up for the next season that you're going to be able to conquer great, great battles and become conqueror of great battles and to become heroes, generals, lieutenant, and captain of your faith in Christ Jesus. Would you take up the challenge, especially the young people? Young people, I want to encourage you. I don't want to encourage you that this is the season. This is the time for you to start engaging in small battles. Don't wait until you're 40 or 50. Don't wait until you're 60 years old. This is the time because you need small battles in order for you to engage in larger battles. Well, I hope you are blessed today, and I pray that God will bless you and give you courage. Let me pray for you before I let you go. Let me pray that God will give you the courage. Now, by the way, you can always call our 1-800- uh, prayer line even after the service is over is that people will be waiting for you and if just write the number down if you need somebody to talk to and if you make some decision today I want you to call the one day current line so let me pray for you now I want to pray for two people one of those that have not given their heart to Jesus and you hear this message somehow it spoke to you and you say I want to begin to become a child of God and begin the, to engage in small battles and see victories in my life I want to give my life to Jesus Jesus now to become a child of God. I want to pray for you. And I also want to pray for those who Christians who also say that, yes, I'm a believer, but I have been, I've been taking a back seat. I have not been engaging, especially during this COVID-19. I'm just sitting there and just waiting. But don't wait anymore. Make a decision today and rise up and engage in Jesus' name. And I know that you're going to be victorious because the Word of God says so. He promised that you'll be victorious if you lean on Him. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that have not known you. And I pray that as, as, as they listen to this sermon, they listen to this talk, that, that they want to give their heart to you, wholeheartedly to you, not to the right, not to the left, not, not dividing their, 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 their faith in other things, but wholly believing in you and that to be, become a child of God. And I pray, Father, that, that they, as they reach out to you, and they cry out to you and they say this prayer together with me that, Lord, you will forgive their sins. You put your spirit in them, cause them to be born again. And I pray, Father, that you will cause them to become one of the greatest generals and captains and lieutenants of faith of our time. And I thank you, Lord. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's coming upon them. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. If you agree with that prayer and you pray that prayer softly in your heart, you are saved, you're born again, I want you to connect with us. Either call us or go to our website, um, you know, in YouTube and Facebook. There are all kinds of links there. Just find the one that is applicable to you and let us know who you are. We want to help you to be on your way to walk a victorious life. And we're not joining any church, not giving any money. You, we just want to send you material so that you can start walking with Jesus. Would you do that? Now, let me pray for those that are believers. I pray that God had inspired today to start engaging. So if you're the individual, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over your life, and I pray the anointing and the Holy Spirit to come upon you right now in Jesus' name so that you can rise up and begin to engage in small battles and have victories over it. Father, in Jesus' name, I know that there are some that are trying to, uh, 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 making a decision to, to engage in small battles. I pray in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit will come upon them. You give them the confidence, you give them the faith, you give them the joy and the peace to rise up and don't look at the circumstance that they, they would not look at the circumstances that they see all the chaos, all the disappointment, uncertainty and I, I pray Father that you open up their eyes to see the opportunities in front of them, the opportunity to engage in battles, to have victory and I thank you Lord for their victories in the small battles even as you are preparing them for major promotion and major battle. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I thank you so much for coming out today. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you sticking around. And I pray that you will get to know you when you come back to church. You know, if you haven't been to our church before, I, I just get ready to get you know, to come and visit us. We'll love to hang out with you and we'll love to uh, get to know you and I would love to personally meet you. And, uh, but in the meantime, just keep coming back every Sunday and if you have time during the weeknights, join us on our weeknights chat, you know, words of encouragement. And my purpose is really to, to you know, to, to encourage you on your way to become a strong believers. But you know, if you're busy, that's okay too. But uh, I hope to see you either during the weeknights or next Sunday. I love you so much and thank you again for coming. God bless you. Bye-bye.